Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and on this podcast, I will be speaking to inspirational individuals who specialize in the field of physical and mental health to offer you the tools that you need to become a stronger, healthier, and more confident man in today's world. Hello and welcome to episode number 68 of the Modern Warrior Podcast. Today, I've got the legend that is John Sonmez with me. John is the founder of Bulldog Mindset. Some of you may have come across him before. Very popular on YouTube. He has over 279,000 subscribers, I believe. And he's received over 3 million views on his videos. Uh, epic content. So go check that out if you haven't done so already. Uh, the Bulldog Mindset is ultimately about transforming yourself completely inside and out. And John's mission in life is to help men become the best versions of themselves by pushing beyond their comfort zones, confronting their limiting beliefs, and ultimately achieving the ultimate freedom in life. So I'm very interested to know more about John and about his mission, go into a bit more depth on that. And uh, yeah, we'll meet the man himself. How are you, John? I'm doing good. How are you? Very well, my man. Thank you. And uh, yes, quite uh, quite a journey you've been on up to this point. As we've been speaking before I started recording, you've it's not always been plain sailing. It's not always been um, success. You've had your ups and downs. You've been in your pitfalls. And some of the men listening to this today are perhaps at a point where you were at in the past and your insight and information in terms of how you overcame that in your own life will give them the um, inspiration to move forward in their life. So, and get out of the pit and move forward again. So as I know, a lot of men are struggling with uh, a lack of direction in their lives right now. And can you speak to us maybe first of all about times in your life or maybe at time in your life where you felt directionless if that's a word felt lost in life and uh how you've began to find your way again yeah yeah actually one of the probably the the biggest times that sticks out to me was actually when i thought i had made it when i thought i you know i had always had this goal of retiring young of having you know passive income and around 33 i hit that goal and i remember i went to uh, Hawaii to just, I was going to live in Hawaii and, you know, <laughs> I ended up staying there for like two months, just going to, you know, sip my ties on the beach and play video games or, you know, whatever I wanted to do. And I was just extremely like the most depressed I'd ever been in my life. And that was kind of that point where I realized that, you know, the reason, actually the reason why I was so depressed was because I lacked the direction because I didn't have direction of where to go because once you achieve your goals and this happens with any goal, you know, you can find this regardless of the, if it's a small goal or a big goal, you know, even if you do something like you enter some kind of body transformation challenge, you know, some three month fitness thing. And then when you're done with it, you know, you may have succeeded, but now what? Now you lived your whole life based on, on that. You don't have that goal anymore. All of a sudden you, you lose some of the meaning from life. And so that's what happened to me is I didn't know where to go at this point. I had achieved what I had set out to achieve in life. And I thought I would be happy and I wasn't. So, you know, I really had this, this, this point of confusion of trying to figure out, okay, where, who I am, who am I now? Right. After I've done this and, you know, 
and what what's the next thing? And I didn't realize that I felt bad that I didn't feel good right about about this, and I didn't realize at that point that I needed something else, right? And so uh, it took me some time. You know, I remember going for some long runs when I was there in Hawaii. You know, supposed to be having a good time, but I was listening to a lot of. I was listening to the obstacle. Uh, is the way by Ryan Holiday. So that really started to get me into Stoic philosophy. And then I started to realize that that was sort of how I was, I was in living my life already, but now there was something I could, I could, you know, call it, name it. And, and as I started listening to that more and more, I started to shape a new direction to realize that I needed to get back, go back to the mainland and, uh, you know, start working again, start working on a business, start working on new goals and, you know, and not for the purpose of trying to achieve something in terms of monetary, uh, you know, success, but for the purpose of growing myself. And that was what it was about. And so that really helped me out of that, that situation was, you know, making that shift of realizing that your goals are not the things that you get, it's what you become. And that's, uh, that, that was so key. Nice one. Yeah. And at, at that point when you had sort of achieved it all and then began to realize that you still felt empty within perhaps that um, all of the things that you were, your idea of success perhaps was all in the external, you know, I'll get the money. I'll, right. I'll live in Hawaii, sip my mojitas and, and live happily ever after, but it's something outside of yourself. And was that the point where you then began to realize that, hang on a second, you know, I need to look within here. I need to work on my, on my internal now. I need to uh, find some answers within instead of trying to find some answers on the outside in terms of what needs to be done next in order to move forward in my career, my business, and my, uh, with my financial goals. So was that the, the shift for you or was it something different from that? Yeah, that was, that was really the shift because like I said, around that time too, I was really studying Stoic philosophy and I realized that this is the universal truth in life, that if at any point you are dependent on the external for your happiness or your well-being, then you have no stability in your life. You can't count on it ever, right? No matter how much money you make, no matter what kind of girl that you find or relationships that you find in life, no matter what you establish, no matter how well you build your body, any of those things can be taken from you right? That it can, it can happen. You know, you can lose your wealth, you can be sued, you can, you know, whatever, you know, there's, it's, it's no, not possible to completely secure it, right? You can lose relationships, you know, your girlfriend, your spouse could cheat on you. You could have, you know, they could die right in your health, right? Your body, like you could, you could get into an accident. You might not be able to lift weights anymore. You might not be able to run. You might not be able to do any of those things. And so if your identity and your sense of well-being is dependent on the external, then you're always subject to that. So that's where I started making the shift and focusing on the in- internal. It doesn't matter what is going on outside. It only matters what I'm doing, where I'm growing, the work that I'm putting in. You know, as in the in Bhagavad Gita, uh, it's, it says that uh, you're, you're not entitled to the fruits of your labor, uh, but, but the labor itself. And it's a, it's a very powerful concept, this idea that, you know, most of us are looking for, we go to work, right? We work a nine to five job if we have that and we, you know, live for the weekends, but we're doing all this stuff in order to get the fruits, right? We're doing it to get the paycheck. 
uh, as opposed to doing it for doing the work, right? And that's when we make that shift. And that was the shift that I, that I made was, you know, sure, I still want results. Sure, I still have desired outcomes, but it, to me, the focus shifted from the external, uh, which I can't control, which is the goals, the external results, right? The money, the girls, the whatever you, you, know, you put as an external to the internal, which is I, which what I could control, which is the work I put in, the growth that I'm going through, you know, those those things, and that becomes my criteria for success. Uh, that that was when that that shift happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 very similar to my own journey as well. I actually did pick up the obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday <clears throat> when it came out first. I'm not too sure what year it was, um, 2010, 11, somewhere around there maybe, but. Uh, it's one of those sort of quote unquote, it's, it's probably the first quote unquote self help book that I, that I read along with um, the art of not giving a fuck by uh, Mark Manson as well. Like two of those yeah. books were, were a real defining moment in my life. And yeah, I became completely engrossed in the, in the stoic philosophy and I still live my life um, with part of that philosophy as part of my, as part of my process, part of my journey here. But I do have come across some people or I've come across um, some men, perhaps, who are in similar fields to ourselves, who sort of bastardize the Stoic philosophy and um, that it's perhaps it's some way to emotionally detach yourself from people or things. I think that's the idea that they have in mind in terms of, um, yeah, you don't become emotionally um, invested in anyone or anything ultimately. So I'm interested to hear about like, what's your take? Has your sort of perception on Stoic philosophy changed over the years or is it still very much part of your life and you're, you know, you live your life as a Stoic or is there an argument there for switching it on and switching it off at times? Yeah, Great question. So uh, yeah, I do still live my life as a Stoic, and I think that Stoic uh, people misinterpret what it means to be Stoic, right? So it's not about shutting off emotions and not feeling them. It's it's about not basing your actions on emotions. And so uh, one one of the things I teach the guys at, at Bulldog Mindset is that there's three levels of emotional mastery. Right. The first level is what I call wearing your heart on your sleeve. We all kind of start out this level. This is where you are kind of whiny. You you tell people, oh, you know, how you're feeling all the time. You're very attached. Right. You're you're open and, and weak. Uh, you go through a heartbreak. Right. This is kind of what a lot of people would call kind of blue pill ish. You know, you're you're telling a girl if you if you love her, that you love her. And, you know, you don't really love her, but, you, you know, you're. You're, you're doing these these kind of things and then uh, you're just being very emotional letting everyone know what's hurting you and and affecting you and all of your actions are derived from emotions you're a completely emotional being right so you you do things but you're angry you you yell you're uh, you're sad you uh you you go in your room and you pout or whatever it is right uh, so that's kind of the first level and then a lot of people a lot of men they get their their ass handed to them from, from living that way, right? They get their heart broken. And then they discover the second level, which is emotional numbness. It's zombie mode, right? This is where you, where I think a lot of guys that practice stoic philosophy 
hold on to this and they think that they're practicing stoic philosophy and they get stuck here. This is where you, you turn off the emotions. So you realize that, hey, as long as I don't invest in people, as long as I don't form attachments to other people, then they can't hurt me. You become emotionally numb. So no one can hurt you anymore. But the problem with that is that you can't love either at this point. So you so life becomes black and white, right? You're safe in a sense, but you are missing all the color and flavor out of life, right? Uh, so, you know, your clothes is, is another way of saying that. But then the third level of emotional mastery is what I call feel the pain and keep on walking. This is where you open again and you allow yourself to feel, you, you allow yourself to love other people, uh, to be hurt by them potentially, but it doesn't influence your actions. You can feel the pain and you can keep on walking through life. It doesn't take you down like it did in the first level. And you realize that that, that color in life, that flavor in life is part of life. It is the full spectrum of emotions. It's where you, instead of uh, suppressing or expressing your emotions, you process them. You let them flow through you and let them be what they are, right? And this is where you know, you're open and genuine and an authentic human being. Uh, but as a man, which is very, very critical, is you don't allow these emotions to, to control your actions. So you may be upset, but you don't act out of that anger, right? You may be sad, but you don't, you still do what needs to be done in life. That is, uh, that, that is where, and that's how I see Stoic philosophy. I don't think Stoic philosophy ever was saying to shut off emotions, right? There's this concept of non-attachment and that's a powerful concept. And I think that's, that's great. But the, the whole concept of non-attachment is not about not living your life and not being, you know, involved in other people's lives and having emotions. It's about being willing to let anything go, right? You're, you're holding on to it until it's not yours. And then you're letting it go. It, it's being able to peacefully let things go, even though you, uh, you have some investment in those things. Uh, that, that's, that's the key to it. And it's, it's the harder path, right? It's easier to just shut off emotions. It's easier to just be stoic in the sense of what most people think of being emotionless. Uh, that's an easier path. It's a much more difficult path to be a fully a uh, fully living human being to be a man that is able to, you know, to live uh, completely open and genuine and be able to let things go to, to not have your actions be influenced by your emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's very well put. There is, um, there's also something else that sort of popped up there while you were um, speaking about men not allowing themselves to open themselves up to other people or let other people in, you know, it's, for a lot of men, uh, and, and I've been been there myself, maybe yourself, is like there's an there's an underlying, like a massive underlying fear of rejection there. Um, mm. If you let someone in, you know they could potentially hurt you, could potentially reject you, um, and you know that in itself is a, a very difficult process to come to terms with. Yeah, yeah, I think the rejection element of it, you know, I talk to guys a lot about dating coaching, and you know what I'm giving them advice on is, and what I tell them is that no one can reject you. It is something you do to yourself. It's not something that 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 someone else does to you. And and really, you know, one one way that you can you can think of this is, you know, imagine that someone dropped a hundred dollar bill on the ground, and you picked it up and you went to talk to them, and you're like, hey, you dropped this hundred dollar bill, you know what I mean? And they're like, what do you like? Get away from me! Like that, that's not my hundred dollar bill, right? you wouldn't feel rejected. <laughs> You'd be like, damn, this person's an idiot, right? <laughs> You'd be like, all right, that's cool. Like, I'll, you know, I'll take it or I'll give it to someone else. Yeah. You know? uh, but, uh, you know, whereas if you went up to someone and asked them for something, right, 
and they told you no, you would feel rejected, right? Especially women, you know, guys dealing with women. And so when you think about it that way, it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with the value that you believe in yourself. Because if I talk to, let's say a girl, and I believe that I'm a hundred dollar bill that got dropped on the ground, right? And, and she says, no, I don't want that hundred dollar bill. I'm like, well, okay, you're the idiot. Like, it's not, I, it does, I don't care. I'm not even a phase by it. I'm not rejected. It's just this person, you know, whatever, you know, but if I'm needy, if I'm like, I want this, I want something from you and you don't give me that thing now, I feel rejected, right? So it's all about our own psychology. If we feel like we need to get something from someone else, then they have the power to reject us. If we feel like we don't need to, we are only giving something to someone, we cannot be rejected when we're giving, right? It's, it's only when, when we're getting. And then some people will say, well, wait a minute, what about when you give a gift and someone doesn't like the gift? It's like, well, <laughs> it's a trap because you're, you're giving that gift to get something. <laughs> you're still trying to get something because you're trying to get their validation, their approval. You want them to enjoy the gift. If you were truly giving the gift, then you wouldn't care if they like it or not. It doesn't matter. Like you're giving the gift for your reason because, you know, so, so that's what rejection comes from in, in all aspects. So you can be rejection proof completely if you're not trying to get something. If you're only seeing yourself and it, it requires you to build up your own value as a man and then in your interaction with people to, to be always giving a gift in, instead of trying to take something, trying to be, you know, being needy. And that's, that's where guys get rejected. Yeah. That's yeah. I like that man. Be, being a man of value uh, instead of seeking value from others. Yeah. It's, but, but then again, like the, the fear of rejection is most likely embedded from rejections in your past, maybe from your very, very early relationships, even with your, let's say your mom, if she rejected you in some sort of way or didn't give you the, the love or affection or connection that you needed as a young child, you're still seeking that or even craving that as you exactly. move in life into adulthood and you're craving the same love and connection that you crave from your mom with another woman in your life right now. And right. Um, so you get caught in the trap until you understand that, oh, hang on a second, I'm walking into traps here. I am trapped here. I'm trapped in this mother wound, so to speak. And that's where... But for me and for the guys I work with, that's where the healing begins. That's where, you know, we need to go deep in order to, to uh, bring up that root and plant a new tree and, and one of one of strength, not, the, not a tree that's currently brittle. So is that a sort of process that you would also follow or are you just sort of more into, in terms of, okay, let's set a strategy and a plan to move, move beyond this. Like let's, let's stick with the present and work towards a better future as opposed to going back and revisiting some of those past hurts in order to move forward. What's your sort of concept there? Yeah, I think you need to revisit them, but you don't need to live there. Right. And there's a difference between saying, this is what happened to me. And this is, uh, this is what I did in reaction. This is a result as opposed to this is why I am the way that I am because it's not, true no one has made you you've you've made choices you you're still who you are your past has an influence on it for sure you know there's a really good book uh trying to think of what the name was is um not the art of saying not the art of saying no i can't remember what it is now i'll have to have to think about it. it's just it was this uh japanese philosophy and I can't, I can't think of the name. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to think of it. But anyway, in the book, it was really talking about this quite a bit. But, uh, but, but one of the things that I think is like, you know, with that whole concept is that you have to become your own 
parent. Like you have to become a good parent to yourself. This is a very important thing to understand with discipline, right? Versus punishment. We punish ourselves, good parents discipline, right? We have to learn those things. And so we have to ultimately become the parent that we were lacking in our lives because we all, all of our parents were flawed because they're human beings, but we can be a better parent to ourselves. Uh, you know, one of the, the concepts I teach guys is the idea that they have to metaphorically kill their father in order to become a man. It's a, it's a step that must be taken. And so what that means is that you have to go in and you, you have to stop seeking your father's approval, right? You have to stop seeing him as the king and take up your own scepter and become the king, right? Of your own tribe, right? As many men grow up, even fatherless men grow up seeking the approval of others, right? Which is a, is a stand-in for their father or their, their actual father, right? Or they, if they lack that father figure, right? And so they're seeking approval, right? They, they don't take charge. They don't, you know, they're, they're afraid to step out on their own. And so you have to metaphorically kill your father and, and say, no, I am the king now. I make the choices. I am the one who is responsible for my tribe. And when you do that, then you sort of break free from that past. And, you know, you can let go of those, those past hurts. You don't need to seek that validation. Right. And I think, like I said, there's, there's some degree of revisiting these things to under for understanding, not for an excuse, right? Many people use their past and say, I am the way I am. And I couldn't be anything other than that because of what happened to me. And while it may be true that things have happened to you and have affected you psychologically, it doesn't make you who you are. Like you, you still have choices. You can look at those, those things that happened and understand them. And by understanding those things, you can now make better choices. But uh, if we put the blame and the fault on other people, then we lose power. And so that's, that's the key thing in, in doing any of that is that we must never give up our power. We must always retain the power to make the choices to, to still take responsibility. And, and the way that we lose power is by giving up responsibility. If we say it's someone else's fault, we give up responsibility, we lose power. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of men in today's world are walking around like overgrown children because they're still, yeah. they're still allowing their, their fathers or their mothers or other people to control their behaviors and, and their actions in their life ultimately. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so you've got to sort of as, as much as metaphorically killing off your father, you've got to sort of metaphorically kill off the inner child as well to a certain extent, or is that too extreme? I think it's, I think it's more of a, of being a parent to your inner child, right. Of being a good parent, right. Because we, like I was saying before, we, we tend to punish ourselves, right? We do something wrong, we punish ourselves, right? We beat ourselves up mentally, right? We should beat ourselves up physically instead. <laughs> go and run, go and make yourself train, go and do hard work. Mentally, you know, don't, don't do that. Discipline yourself. Like, because again, if you think about parenthood, right, what is a good parent discipline is not punished. A punishment is punitive. So you did something wrong. Now you have to pay the price. I want you to feel pain and, and be harmed by this because that's where, where it's an equalization. This is what you deserve, right? That's, that's punishment. It's punitive. Discipline says, all right, you did this thing and for your own good, 
I need to, I have to enforce this penalty for you uh, in, in order to grow you, in order to give you a, a better life in the future so that you'll learn. That's what discipline is. And so, you know, it's not a matter, we're always going to have that inner child, right? We're always going to need to be disciplined, but we become a good parent to ourselves instead of doing the bad thing of punishing or withholding love or, or giving judgment, you know, we, we accept ourselves exactly as we are, but sometimes we need to discipline ourselves. We do something wrong. Like, you know, a good example of, of discipline is I remember one, I was training for a marathon and I had, you know, runs on my schedule. Then one night I stayed up until like 3 a.m. and I was drinking and I had to run the next morning. That was 20 miles. And I had to get up at 6 a.m. And I, you know, I could have put it off later in the day, but no, I said, no, John, you know, you committed to this thing. You screwed up. You're not a big deal. You know, I, I didn't beat myself up about it. I was like, but here's the deal. You're going to get up at 6 a.m. and you're going to go run that 20 miles hungover. And that's, that's your discipline for doing this so that you'll learn next time. Because if I let you off the hook now, and I let you wait until, or skip this run or wait till later than the day, you're not going to learn. So that you see what I'm saying, I'm being a parent to myself by not letting myself off the hook, by making myself go through this hardship, but I'm not beating myself up. I'm not punishing myself and saying, John, you're such an idiot. I can't believe you did that. You know, it's, it's not punitive. And, and that's the thing it is about is about us. We're always going to be to a degree, you know, that this, a child, but it is us parenting ourselves in those conditions. And it's not just in discipline, but it's also in, in, in love, right? We have to be kind to ourselves. We have to love ourselves. Like people, most people hear that phrase of, of love yourself, but they don't really understand what it means, right? It means being a good parent to yourself. It means taking care of yourself and accepting yourself, accepting your flaws as they are. Uh, it doesn't mean you don't improve, but accepting yourself as, as, as you are, like even, even emotions, you're going to be at some stage in emotional development, right? Maybe you get angry, maybe you get upset. That's fine. Let it be what it is. Process that emotion. Say, okay, I feel angry right now. You know, that's, it's okay for me to feel that way but I don't have to act on that and, and let it go. Right. It, it's, it's, I think that's, that's the key is because you can't really kill the inner child. Like it's, it's still going to exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can't be your own parent if you're still allowing your current parents to uh, stand in the way of that. So yeah, that's, that's exactly. Man. I was just, I was just thinking of that run, man, that hungover run, that must've been pretty fucking nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done. And uh, yeah. And um, as much as sort of, uh, killing uh, metaphorically killing your father um what's your sort of concept then in terms of your ego like where does that sort of play in and in, in terms of all this you know your self-discipline versus your ego perhaps yeah yeah i think i think you know some people say that you should get rid of ego in fact there's a book by ryan holiday that says ego's the enemy I tend to disagree with that. I think that it can be the enemy, but it doesn't have to be. So, so I think there's good and bad in the ego, right? And in the sense that when you feel entitled, then the ego is bad, right? Entitled means that you just feel like the world owes you something or people owe you something, right? But I think ego can be a very powerful force. Uh, I always talk about this idea of having delusions of grandeur. I have delusions of grandeur. I think I'm better than I am, Okay. And, and I don't say that in an arrogant way. I say that in a way that creates a standard for myself, right? So for example, when I was training in, in running, you know, I'm 230 pounds. I'm not, 
you know, built to be a marathon runner. And plenty of people told me that I wasn't and that long distance running is not for me. I should sprint, but I believe I can do it. I believe that I'm better than that. I believe I'm better than other people that are, are of my weight and, and can't run a marathon because I can do it. Right. And so because of that, I'm compelled myself to do it. Right. I have a high, high view of myself higher than what is actual reality. And because of that, I have to live up to that standard, right? And so that in that way, ego becomes a powerful ally, right? It is only when, when we, we believe something about ourselves, but we haven't earned it and we don't feel the need to prove it, that ego becomes destructive. It, it's where we say, you know what, you know, I'm coaching guys and they're like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't need to go and talk to that girl. I, I'm already, I'm really good with women already. I just don't feel like it. I, she, you know, I, she deserves, I don't, I don't need to go and talk to her. That's like, I don't need to chase her. Like she should just come up to me. Like, you know, that's, that's like, she's not worth my time. If she doesn't, if she doesn't recognize how valuable I am, this is destructive ego because it just, because it, it prevents you from getting anywhere in life. Right. The, the constructive ego says, Hey, no, I'm, I'm a stud. So you know what? I go and talk to whatever girl that I want to, and let me show you how I do that now, right? And that forces you to become the person that you want to become. So there, there's two sides to the, the ego, but you have to make sure that the ego is calling you to a higher purpose, a standard that that is is forcing you to live up to it. That's then your ego becomes a powerful ally. Does the fear of failure also come in there though? Like in terms of you've, if you've sort of got this um, constructive ego let's say it, and uh, you're setting this sort of high standard for yourself, but you set that high standard because you're, you're sort of afraid to fall short of it or you're afraid to fail. Like, is there sort of a balance that needs to be met there in terms of fear versus um, your ego, like your, your constructive ego or fear versus the success you want to achieve? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, one, one way of looking at it too is I always think of it in terms of you either win or you learn, right? And, and if you have that that concept of mind, if you think, all right, I'm either going to succeed at this thing or I'm going to learn from this process. And either one of them is valuable. Like I, it doesn't, I don't care which outcome comes to be honest with you. Like I'd rather like learning is great. Right. So I think if you have that perspective, then it doesn't really matter. Then that fear of failure sort of becomes nullified because, you know, we're, we're kind of trained in school and society that you take a test and you, you pass or you fail and failing's bad. And that's not the case that, that like as an entrepreneur, one of the hardest lessons I had to learn is that everything is a step. <laughs> it's a step in the direction and it's, you're, it's not failing, it's tripping, <laughs> right? But you're tripping forward. As long as I'm tripping forward, I'm all right with that, right? You know, and so it's like, that's how life is. And it's like, you're going to take on a lot of challenges in life and you're not going to have the result that you want every time but you're going to grow from that process. And over time you will achieve that result by, by that growth. And so, you know, you, you do have to make standards that you believe that you can achieve, like anything that you don't truly believe that is possible for you to achieve, you're not going to be able to do it. So you do have to balance it in the sense that like, you can't have such delusions of grandeur that you're, you can't, your brain can't believe that it's possible for you to do it. Otherwise you won't even step one foot uh, forward to, to 
reach that goal, right? So they have to be things that you you truly can convince yourself of, but it should be more than what you are now, right? It should be greater than what you are now uh, so that you're constantly expanding that bubble. But if you try to reach too, too high where you don't believe like, you know, for example, if I had a delusion of grandeur and I was like, you know, I'm going to be a billionaire and, uh, you know, that's like, I have to be a billionaire and that's, that's, I'm not even going to make any steps towards that, right? Because it doesn't even make any sense because my brain doesn't even, doesn't, is like that. No, that's not, you're, you're just kidding yourself at this point. It's not something that you could actually live up to as a standard, right? But if it's, if it's a lot better than where you are now, sure. Yeah, you can, you can do that and you should. Yeah. It's about, it's about paying the cost to, to isn't it though? I mean, if, whatever it is you want to achieve, like there's, there's a cost to that. I mean, if, if you want to uh, move forward towards something better, you've got to be willing to let go of certain things in your life right now. You know, if you want to move forward towards um, becoming a better man, you've got to let go of potentially bad habits in your life right now. You've got to let go of maybe friends that are holding you back right now. Maybe you need to let go of um, a relationship that you're holding on to that's quite toxic right now. So, there's a cost that has to be paid there. And I think it's a matter of like asking yourself, okay, is this, is this worth the, is this worth the price? Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is uh, it's an unaccredited quote. We don't know who the author is, but it goes, take anything you want, but pay for it said God. (laughs) And and it's true. Anything you want, but you have to pay for it. What is the price? You know, you can, you can have it. You know, as long as you're willing to pay the price and most of the people, most, and you know, most of the guys I coach too, I tell them all the time. I'm like, look, you don't need me to tell you like whatever you want, you know how to get it. Like you don't need me to tell you how to lose weight or how to, how to gain muscle. Sure. I could help optimize that journey for you. You don't even really need, need me to tell you how to make money or like you understand, you know how to do those things, but you, you're just not willing to pay the price right now. I can help you to recognize that price and to, you know, to move you on that path. But, you know, most people know how to lose weight, right? (laughs) Even if they don't have a very good knowledge of nutrition, they could, they could figure out if I stop eating, I will lose weight. There you go. But why don't you do that? Because you're not willing to pay the price. That's, that's as simple as that. Right. So, so that's, you know, anything in life is available if we're willing to pay the price for it. But the, but the, the price is usually a comfort, isn't it? I mean, it's the, and comfort is quite addictive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we get caught again, we get caught in that comfort trap. We get caught in, um, we, we get caught in familiarity as well. You know, it's to step into the unknown. You've got to again, leave things behind that are quite familiar to you. you know, it's it, maybe it's a, a familiar environment to you. Maybe it's a comfortable environment to you right now, but I mean, is it serving you? Is it helping you grow? Is it helping you to improve? Probably not. You know, so you're caught in the trap there again, but it, it's, it's maybe as well, like for some people, they're just not ready either. I mean, for me, and I don't know if you've had this, had this experience, but it's only at the point where the became, the pain became too much to bear anymore that I actually made a change. I said, okay, fuck this. Like, I, I can't, I can't continue this anymore. It's, it's, it's too much. Got to make a change. And yeah. that was like the, the pivoting point for me in terms of actually initiating something new in my life. So I don't know if you've experienced that too. Did you did you get to the point of extreme pain before you can make a move, or were you able to sort of um, make that move before it became too unbearing to to continue? Yeah, no, I definitely got to that point uh, several times in my life where I where I've had to make the change. One of the ones that was the most impactful to me, where I really started changing my life uh, physically and and mentally, 
right? Was I remember I went to the store to buy pants because my pants didn't fit me anymore. And, and up to this point, like I, I thought I was just gaining a little bit of weight because, you know, I had been in shape. I was bodybuilder, whatever. And I bought US size 46 pants because that's like I had to, my 44s didn't fit me anymore. And I was like, at that point, I was like, John, you're fat. Like, this is not a joke. And you don't just have a little bit of a belt. Like, you're literally fat. Like, you're a fat guy now, right? And, you know, I, I think I was, like, maybe, like, 28 or so at the at the time. And I was like, this is, you know, I had this revelation. You know, I, I was talking about this idea. It's like, everybody thinks they're going to be a rock star someday, right? It's, it's like this delusion, right? It's a bad kind of delusion, though. It's like, somehow it's just magically going to happen. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to, you know, whatever. I'm going to get all these girls, whatever. You know, it's like... And most people think that someday that that's coming. And I was like, I had this sort of come to Jesus moment where I was like, you know what, you know, you're fat <laughs> and you're lazy. And like, if you continue down this path, you just keep on going up. Like none of, the, none of that shit that you think that you want out of life, it's not coming. It's not just, you're not owed it. It's not coming. Like you have to make a change or this is your life. Like this is currently your life and it will continue to be your life and 10 years will go by and this will be where you're at or worse you know and so that was sort of you know that that moment of, of pain where i realized i'm not getting what i want out of life i'm not as successful financially physically definitely not and i can keep on holding on to this belief that i'm better than uh than my current state or circumstances or i can actually be better and so that's when I started making the change. That's when I immediately got on the diet and I dropped like a hundred pounds in the next year and, and really changed everything around us in terms of discipline, because I realized like, yeah, if I want, like, you only get one shot at this, this is not a dress rehearsal. Like this is your life and it's passing by you every single day, right? You're slowly getting closer to death. And if you want to achieve something or become something in life or experience something in life, you have to make the steps to be on that path. And so that, that was really what would turn me around. Yeah, that's incredible, man. It's uh, understanding that, yeah, look, two years will come, five years will come, 10 years will, will come. You will arrive there, but the question is where? Like, where the fuck are you going to be in 10 years' time? And what, like, what in your life right now is, is, um, is going to provide you the best possible outcome in 10 years time or is what you do in your life right now going to eventually bring the worst possible outcome in 10 years time so that's it's really evaluating your life right now and understanding that the steps you're taking is potentially bringing you towards ill health or depression or something worse even death in a few years time or um is it time to start carving out a new path and making it making a change so that you can avoid that and therefore move on to something better so i think it's very important to sort of have that moment to yourself to ask that very serious question like what am i doing in my life right now and where is this bringing me so and is is there something that you could if you were to go back and like i'm, I'm very interested with the the 33 year old john who who retired ultimately and is there something you can you could say to the maybe 32 year old or 30 year old john who was on the sort of path of i'm going to retire early i'm going to live happily ever after that you'd say to them right now and say you know what um I wish I had this knowledge when I was 30 uh, that you could maybe provide to someone else today who's maybe working towards retirement. Like so many men are working towards yeah. retirement. I would, I would tell him to read the first chapter of David data's book, the way of the superior man, because he sums it up very well, where he says, 
stop trying to be done. Stop trying to, you know, with your woman, like with your, with your work, with everything, like stop trying to get to the point where it's done or stop trying to rest, stop trying to like reach something, right? Just understand that it's a continual process, right? Because that was the thing that I was struggling with. It's like, okay. And then that's where you, so many, so many guys, they, they piss away their life by fast forwarding through it like they go to work in the morning and they don't want to be there and they try to get through the day and they don't realize that that is their life and and there's and you can have joy and happiness and fulfillment in anything you're doing you could be shoveling shit all day and you could feel good about it because you you've chosen to to do that thing and you you've chosen to put your heart in your and everything you've got into that until to truly live like there's no reason to just live on the weekends right and so you know stop trying to be done stop trying to like finish the work day so that you could get to the to the better thing stop trying to rush through dinner so you can get to dessert right enjoy all of it that that's the the, the problem is that when we we try to do that and we, we hope that someday things will be different. We hope that we're, we're saying someday, you know, someday when I have this money, someday when I have this job, someday when I have this girl, someday when my girl stops acting this way, someday when whenever the, the kids grow up, if you live with the, the someday's, you're going to be wasting your life. And that's what, you know, I was doing to a degree because, and that's why my life came crashing down on me was because I said, well, someday when I'm retired, and I did all this work and I bought all these investment properties and, and worked towards this goal. And then when that someday came, uh, that was, that was a problem because then what, you know, so stop waiting, stop waiting for, for things to be done. Just go forward. Mm -hmm. And are you avoiding retirement now? Have you sort of, you've, you've obviously changed your sort of perspective on that. Like, okay, what happens in the future? Do you still retire or? No, I mean, it's, so I view it as like retirement. I, I don't even call it that anymore. I just talk about financial freedom, right? And that's what I teach other guys to be able to achieve because I have financial freedom. I don't have to work if I don't want to, but I also know that I'm always going to be doing something. I'm always going to be working. I'm always going to be setting the next goal, right? Now, the beauty of being financially free, right, as opposed to being retired is that if next month I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm not going to, I'm going to go to Europe for the next two months or so, or I'm going to, you know, go and do some project and I, I can do that, right? I don't, I don't have to be at the desk. I don't have to be working. I can, you know, I can go and, and take my time. Or even if I wanted to take a year off and, and, and do some things or pursue some things in life, I could do those things, right? So that's the, the beauty of being financially free. But the idea of like totally being retired and never working again, it, it doesn't make any, any sense. Uh, you have to have a mission and purpose in life. Now, I suppose you could do that and become an artist if you want to, that's fine. You know, but you have to have some kind of purpose in life. You have to, if you don't have a purpose in life, uh, you, you will find that life is not worth living. Yeah. The, the purpose doesn't have to be work though as well, doesn't it? Right. That's the other thing. Like it doesn't have to be work. The purpose can be something else. It, it has to be to a degree like work to you, like in the sense that like men have to work, <laughs> right? Like it's like, it has to be something that you're putting, you know, it doesn't have to be work in the traditional sense. Like you don't have to get a paycheck and, and, you know, but it has to be something that you like, because one of the, you know, I think this is one thing I always go back to whenever I'm feeling depressed and I, and I realize this, this truth that is so hard to realize at that time, which is that the most fulfilled that you ever feel in life is after a hard day of work put a job well done that that's it that's the most satisfaction that you can you can feel right nothing else 
you know, brings you that kind of satisfaction as a job. Well done. That's how we're wired as men, right? So we have to feed that, right? Whether it be something, a project that we make, we, we make something out of wood, whether it be we get a promotion at work, we, we put in the work to do that, or we build our bodies or whatever it is, a job well done is, is the thing that brings satisfaction. Yeah, that's it, man. Exactly. I mean, you know, just in that, I, th- I think I'm, I'm happiest when I'm, when I'm struggling, you know, and I'm probably uh, um, my most unhappiest when things are fucking too comfortable or too easy. So, and I've been there, like, you know, I've been out of work and I've been in that comfortable situation where I wasn't really getting after much. So I understand the, the, uh, the dangers of that. So uh, yeah, keep on, keep on struggling to push forward. So yeah, thank you, John, man. Uh, some brilliant insights there that, um, you know, I've taken a lot of value from this conversation myself and I'm sure that the guys listening to this have done so as well. And if they wanted to reach out to you or find out more about you, where's the best place to, to get you at? Yeah. If you just go to bulldogmindset.com, actually, when you go there, there'll be a little pop-up for a, a 10 question quiz uh, to figure out what your bulldog score is. It's basically a quiz on mental toughness and, and discipline and, you know, who you are as a man, if you're a bulldog or not you know, happening, the bulldog mindset. So just go to bulldogmindset.com, take the quiz, and then I'll send you some emails telling you how to, what your score means, how to raise that score and some videos to, uh, you know, on, on this kind of stuff that we talked about today. Brilliant, John. Thank you so much, man. And uh, also, as I said, go and check out his YouTube channel. I'll pop all the links below in the show notes. So uh, yeah, appreciate your time and your energy and your value and uh, keep moving forward, John. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.